And good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of QC Brief. Good to see you here. I'm here with Michael Forian. Uh, in case you still didn't know, this is the segment where we give you a little briefing of uh, stuff that is happening during the campaign, give you a little bit of insight, uh, some uh, information based on our knowledge and experience twice a week, Monday and Thursday. Today is Friday. We skipped yesterday. Michael wasn't all there. So, uh, but he is, he is a, I'm still not all there, but I don't, are you talking about my body or probably primarily my head? Yeah. Well, you're here. So we see you, which is good. So how's it going, man? How are you feeling? I'm good. And I'm also not there in the province of Quebec. I'm in the queen city. I'm in Toronto uh, this week for work. Good. Um, so heading back later today to La Belle Province. Um, but in any case, uh, doing better was a little bit under the weather, um, but don't no, do doing, doing, uh, doing better and, and having watched the debate last night so it's interesting like you know i i was trying to get home in time to to watch the debate and of course like i guess i'm the only person in the entire city of toronto who's like eager to watch this and i actually was able to watch with a few friends uh you know let's just say that alcohol does help yeah. um many ontarians uh, want to participate in speaking the french language or at least trying to understand it so it was very festive in that sense there we did have a good time uh, let's talk a little bit about the debate. It's the last debate in this campaign, reminding everyone, unfortunately, there will not be an English debate uh, this time around, which I find strange. Uh, there is going to be one last appearance this Sunday for the people that watch French television, very popular TV show called uh, Tout le monde en parle with Guillaume Lepage. He's going to have all the leaders on the show. It, I don't think it'll be uh, in a debate format. It'll just be uh, kind of individual questioning like he, uh, like he always does, which is going to be also really... Uh, um, important to watch it's the most popular show i think in uh, in quebec oh by far um so yeah so it's the last debate it was the last chance the leaders had to stand out correct certain things that maybe they didn't do well enough in the first debate um or if they did do well enough maintain their composure and just per perform well again um what were your initial uh, thoughts let's just talk a little bit about performance I think it was generally a better debate uh, than we've seen before. Uh, this, uh, I think just in terms of the style overall, I think in terms of anybody, let's say, who hasn't been paying attention to the electoral campaign at all. And if this was their first introduction to uh, the leaders uh, overall, I think this was a this was good for them. This was good for people that had not been paying attention and wanted to understand, okay, They've had a chance to put out their platforms. They've had a chance to, um, you know, have their their mess ups during the campaign. I didn't want to pay attention to that, but now I actually need to figure out who I'm going to go and cast my ballot for. And I think this gave people a good understanding. I think that, um, you know, it, it, Legault was very much, um, you know, targeting uh, Gabriel Dubois. He understands that this is his main target. He criticized him for wanting attacks. Um, on family uh, family minivans uh, for wanting the you know the decline of of certain industries and wanting him to uh, you know deprive deprive him of of uh, the, the contribution of of private surgery clinics uh, out of simple ideology. I think that overall, looking at you know the, we 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 saw this as a full body duel between Legault and, and Neto Dubois, and I think that um, you know what we're seeing right now uh, is you know the. I think what we're seeing right now is Legault having to, to make this his objective um, of trying to unravel all of GND's promises and all of QS's promises. So um, I think it was interesting what he said, you know, Quebecers, 
you know, have the right to know the real impacts of, of QS's promises, um, you know, saying that they, you know, they were unrealistic, they're living in a wonderland. And, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, GND coming out and saying, you know, the stop bringing out the Halloween decoration, stop scaring the world. Yeah. Um, it, it was interesting to see that banter going back and forth like that. So I, I think Legault also improved his his nonverbal language um, a little. Uh, compared to the other week's fast fast debate, uh, he he continued to pout and he didn't really smile easily. Yeah, uh, I think he he, he also lost, he lost the glasses. I, he lost the glasses number one. So obviously, someone told him ditch these glasses. We don't need them. Uh, it's just not appealing. Yeah. Uh, but also, I think the format helped in not exposing that nonverbal because the, the 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 last debate because it was a, a face-to-face they had that split screen and they had the two people kind of talking so he doesn't know what's happening because the other person is talking but while the other person is talking he was doing those things with his face it wasn't good the format yeah. now helped him in that way maybe he didn't we didn't see them because you know that wasn't the purpose right i mean they were focusing primarily on the person speaking so yeah definitely the format helped him and um just to go back to what you're saying with uh, gabriel nadeau dubois it goes back to what we had said last episode where there's this attempt to kind of draw a line and put people in two camps you're either right wing and you're voting for us or you're going to the left and you're voting for Quebec Solidaire, pick and choose because the middle has disappeared with uh, Dominique Anglade and the PQ. Kind well, of. yes and no, because I think Anglade did take up more space uh, compared to, you know, last week's debate. You know, she she was looking more directly at the camera. Sure, yeah, she, she did much better. Yeah, exactly. And, and it was it was it was like her last chance to to really address the viewers with her other competitors on stage in that debate format. So I think she spent more time um, trying to elaborate a lot of her commitments from the platform. Uh, she's still managing to, you know, make a few shots towards Lego. I do think this was her best performance. That doesn't necessarily mean it was great. It just means it was better than the other two that weren't yeah. just weren't really good at all. Do, do you um, feel at all? Do you feel at all that it's going to change the needle even one bit? No. Yeah. And I and I think that most people have made up their minds. I think the ones who are undecided, it, it just cemented wherever they were leaning. Um, it I, felt I obvious. I, sorry, Michael. It felt obvious that she was trying desperately to save whatever is left of her base, of her loyal base. Not going to happen. Back, she went back several times talking about the fact that they're the only real Federalist Party. First time, you know, she does that in the whole campaign, right? I mean, we're twenty some days in. Uh, and now she's coming out with the fact that all the other people are, you know, deep down separatists mm-hmm. and we're not, right? Yeah. Um, okay. and too, little, too late. Is it even relative? Uh, you know, I don't know. And we also saw, like, you know, in terms of the back and forth between her and Legault, and she was trying to get in there. Legault was trying to be on, on the on the offensive towards her. You know, Patrice Roy, one of the hosts, having to come in and say, let her talk. You, yeah. know? you know, as the only woman in the debate, I think she... You know, and she has the right to. She played the, the the feminine card. You know, you know, we we heard her call uh, her competitors on the stage. You know, all these gentlemen. Um, so I I think that uh, you know she was trying to really make a last attempt there, a last ditch effort, and I don't think it's going to have any real appeal to anybody. I th- I was also impressed by for the first time um, by PSPP Post Saint Pierre I think he did he he kept a, a calm tone. But he, you know, when, when attacking um, a lot of the, the platforms of other parties, I, I his style um, was was I think more. It was still academic, but it, it had a better it had a better um, 
he had a better resonance. I, he I was think, very, overall. yeah. He was very solid. And I saw yeah. somewhere on Twitter, someone took a print screen of you know their TV screen and they kind of zoomed in because at some point the camera angle was showing their notes. Yeah, and it had written in big letters: empathy, smile, calm. And he had that permanently there right yeah. next to him. So and it showed he was a. Uh, he was well coached, very well composed, uh, composed, and um, he looked like uh, like a statesman. I think, uh, which yeah. was a big contrast from the first time around. It was there, maybe because it was his first debate. Maybe there were nerves involved. I don't know what it was, but definitely much better. And based on you know the analysts and uh, all the commentators that I follow, they pretty much share that opinion that he pretty much stood above everyone else in this one. Um, the one that. Uh, I thought was going to continue on that climb was Gabriel Nadeau-Dubois. And he was kind of lost in the shadow there. He wasn't really taking his place. He was really, you know, letting everyone else speak. Uh, and I just thought, is that his strategy? Is it because he pr probably stood out the most in the first debate? Mm -hmm. He was told, calm it down a little bit. We took a little bit of a lead. Let's not mess it up. Be careful. Exactly. And he held himself back. I don't know. Um, but it was obvious that he sometimes he wasn't even there. He wasn't even part of the conversation, I felt. Yeah. And I and I think that especially, you know, when it came, I think he he knows that he already has the base and he's reached the upper max of the potential voter base uh, that he can tap into. And those people are already locked in for him. Um, I, you know, Legault, we saw again, going after him on the orange taxes, um, you know, the targeting families, targeting families who want to buy minivans or SUVs, and again, really trying to go after him and get under his skin. I think it worked. Um, I, I think that, um, and he said, you know, Nadeau Dubois, he, he basically said to himself, instead of going and getting into a tiff and a pissing match with Legault, I'm going to keep this one out. Let him do his thing. Let him put off other voters that have, you know, potentially thought of going going for me. Um, I'm going to let him make his own mess and let him sit in it too. So I just have to, you know, again, what do people go after Nedo Zubo about? They they feel that he 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 maybe isn't reserved. They feel that he's a little, be a little bit too um, radical in his propositions. Let him sit back. Let let people do what they want to do. He's already had his he's had his message out there for for quite a bit long time. People know where he stands. Mm. Let the other parties dig themselves into a deeper hole, and he's still going to get a very good voters' vote at the end of the day. Michael, let me ask you because, and we spoke about this in earlier episodes. I was convinced that the debates were going to make Eric Duhem shine because of the fact that he's a great communicator, because he felt like he had a lot to say, because since even before the campaign, he was constantly on the attack. I had a feeling that the debate was going to be dangerous for everyone else. Um, uh, and it's not the case. We didn't see that in yeah. the first debate. I don't know if it was nerves. I don't know if what it was. This time around, I feel like he did even worse than the first debate. Yeah. Um, and in elements where you would think he would shine, for example, on attacking the government's uh, uh, decisions on managing COVID, for example, uh, on the third lien, which is the biggest thing apparently in the campaign for some weird reason it's well, the third lane center stage i mean that's the only thing we're campaigning about now and even yeah. on that um uh he just doesn't manage to 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 stand out and I, I feel like this time around he may have been probably the worst one well, you're just on the troisième in there for a second, and we're going to be speaking more about polls later on. But you know, it's it's crazy how Quebec City has really taken on 
this entire um, you know this entire this entire election campaign uh, where you know Montreal is a place where the CAC and QS can be picking up a lot of seats. However, people have really been ignoring the issues of Montreal and ignoring half of the of, of the province itself. And you know what does that say about Quebec politics and how much Montreal is now excluded from uh, the 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 actual debate itself? So I think that's very important to keep in consideration. But just on that sort of you know that 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 head-on collision between Legault and Zouaim, uh, particularly on the pandemic. Um, you know, Legault was good in terms of accusing Zouaim as being, you know, you're an agitator. You've been a thorn on my side and a thorn on the side of, of, of Quebecers for the past two years. And I think that, um, I think that, you know, the, with the way that Legault framed it, he said, you know, he, you know, Zouaim took advantage um, of, 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 you know, the, the, the fear of Quebecers. Um, and, and, you know, he, he thinks that it's not true that, you know, there've been fewer deaths in Quebec and, and he's taking advantage of that. The way that Mr. James acted is, is irresponsible. And I want Quebecers to know that, um, that's a really heavy uh, accusation. And, and I do think that he was drawing a line on the sand in, in terms of saying, you know, listen, if you're a conspiracy theorist and you're drinking this Kool-Aid, my party's not for you. Um, my party is not for you, and and you can stay in that camp over there. But I'm going to be on the side of of responsible Quebecers, the majority of Quebecers that got vaccinated, stayed at home, did their part in terms of this terrible situation, which nobody wanted to be of. That it, it pained me that I had to 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 you know put these restrictions in place. Um, it was not fun for anybody, but I had to do the responsible thing as the chief executive officer of Quebec. And, and, also, and I, also, when we look at the numbers, Michael the majority of the Quebecers were in favor of the measures, whether of course. You know, I know, I know that Eric Zuyam has gathered an enormous crowd of people supporting that discourse. But I, you know, when you look at the numbers, it seems as though people were more in line with what Legault was doing. You know, how, how many seniors are you ready to sacrifice yeah. by opposing health measures? You know, that was the accusation that Legault made, you know, twice as many seniors, uh, three times as many seniors and and again, uh, it, it, and again, like you know, Zuame responded, you know, well, I wouldn't go that low. But I mean, I think it really got under Zuame's skin. I think that he he recognized, shit, maybe I am not as prepared as I thought I was going to be. Yeah. Maybe I'm not ready for this. And um, you know, the I think that was one of Legault's best moments. Some people are really saying, oh, that was dirty politics. It's really, it's 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 really low that he he went that way. But I think he was effective because I think again, the vast oh, yeah. majority of Quebecers uh, yeah. agree. I saw I saw the logo of the ninth of uh, the 2012 that he was just a dog like he was yeah. dirty in the debates and it, it made him stand out back then I remember and I saw that kind of part of him um he did struggle however on the third link it was they 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 um uh, they all came against him <laughs> they all ganged up on him and it just wasn't pretty you know with uh with the studies that he doesn't have with the costing that he doesn't have he's just unilaterally making a decision that it'll be a tunnel whereas you know you you don't know i mean how how do you know that is the best option and you know paul saint pierre plamondon really nailed him on that right where uh he mentioned the bridge in tadoussac where there's like 14 different uh studies uh and it was it was it was hard to see him getting attacked so much on that because it's perhaps the biggest thorn on his side as well yeah um the, the the tunnel 
Yeah, it's it's just the the social responsibility aspect is not there. The environmental aspect is not there, and the the, the study budgeting is, the budgeting is in there. The budgeting is in there, and and you know I think and the, and the environmental impact isn't there also in terms of a, of an actual concrete study, and they don't want it to be there because they know what the response would be in terms of it being unfavorable towards the troisième lien. So of course, you know, parties are going to pounce on it and they're going to take advantage of it in itself. But again, it is going back to how important Quebec City, um, that again, sorry for sounding like a broken record, that 200 kilometer corridor, north and south, Quebec City, that is the sweet spot for many parties this time around, but in particular, um, uh, Swam and the Conservatives in terms of what they can pick up this time around. So uh, Legault is concentrating on that i think it's really unfortunate to see him give up and some of the seats i think he can pick up in eastern montreal some of them he will they're for, they're fairly solid i would say like Anjou louis riel um you know he'll, he'll he'll maintain that of course but um or he'll sort of gain that of course. yeah they don't have it yeah yeah, yeah though he'll gain that rather uh maintain it because I, I say maintain it only only by the simple sense that for so long pollsters have been predicting mm. that Angelou riel would, would be going towards the uh there's maurice and too that will be uh interesting to look at Sorry, which riding was that? Maurice Richard. The yeah, old of course. Remus riding as well. For sure, which will, you know, it's a two-way race between Quebec Solidaire and and, uh, and the POQ. Uh, sorry, and then the CAC, rather. So mm-hmm. in any case, they formerly held by the POQ, but now independent member uh, Marie Montpensier having that one there. Um, maybe we should uh, transition to our poll segment. George. Let's go to the polls. Let's go to the polls <laughs> because I have never seen this since I've been in politics. It seems as though the fight is for second place, which is the strangest thing to me. Yeah. Uh, Legault has been losing a few feathers. Nothing, in in my opinion, that will hurt him in the end, in the long run, uh, unless something major really happens uh, that he just drops uh, significantly, which I doubt it will happen. But the four parties are tied at 16% roughly in second position. That is fascinating to me. Yeah. And, you know, Quido Maggi, um, he came out, he's the president of and CEO of Main Street Research. It's, it's a polling firm, fairly well-respected, fairly well-used u- um, overall. And uh, there were there was a poll that came out yesterday that I, I was just, you know, taken aback. But before I get into it, and it was regarding Darcy McGee, which is a writer we know fairly well. And we know, uh, of course, the candidate running there, Elizabeth Prass, very well, who's a friend to both of us. Um, but I wanted, before I get into that, I want to speak a little bit about... Um, why this is going to be really bad for the Quebec Liberals and why I think that, um, you know, we talk about the race for second place. Well, it's no longer just a race for second place in terms of popular vote. See, I think that the Liberals will not form official opposition at this point. And I'm willing to put some some hard money in terms of saying Quebec Solidaire will be forming wow. uh, official opposition come October 3rd. The reason why I say that is if, you know, if you're if you're nerdy like me uh, and, you, and you follow the polls closely, um, IVR polls, which are our, ro- our robo polls, um, mm-hmm. you know, they've been recognized for for some time as you know creating a likely voter screen for most um, most good polls, and 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 they're recognized. They were used in the 2016 U.S. presidential election. It touched on the subject about how how some of the non IVR polls messed up the predictions in terms of being able to see the election of, of Donald Trump and predict on that point. There, um, what this means in layperson's terms is that you know people who answer polls tend to mirror actual voters. If you're less likely to take time to complete a poll, you're less likely to take the time to go and vote. So mm-hmm. it's actually a real a barometer of, you know, will they actually go participate in democracy? Will they actually go to the poll the, and, and vote come election day? Um, and, and at least across a random population in itself. 
So what you might notice, um, and, and the reason why I bring this up is that in, in a lot of the responses, um, you'll, you'll, you'll see that non-Francophones are, 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 are responding significantly less than the regular census population. And this is what's been noted by by, by Quito in, in many of the recent uh, Montreal Island surveys that he's been doing. He's been doing these riding polls, so going riding by riding and doing 300 phone calls in one riding, 400 phone calls in another, and being able to see what's going on there. So if, and, and it's a big if here, of course, the, the Anglophone, um, the, the non-Francophone turnout is as low as the rate that he's been seeing um, for these, these polls this election, it, it suggests that it, it could be a... <laughs> A very long night uh, for for the Quebec Liberals, and and I think that's something that's really important to keep in perspective here. Now, going to to Darcy McGee, this was a shocker, and I think that um, I, I'm I can't remember the last time that I'd ever seen this. I can't I, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this in terms of in terms of results. But seeing a thirty two percent drop, a thirty two percent drop amongst. Um, amongst the Liberals in, in a riding. So Liberal stronghold, Darius McGee. I'll give you the poll numbers one mm-hmm. by one. Elizabeth Prass for the PLQ, 42%. Julien Leblanc, CAC, 21%. Bonnie Fagenbaum for the PCQ, 16, 16%. Uh, Hillel Palavshi, 9.6%. And Mark Perez, 6.6%. That's a QS and the Canadian Party of Quebec at the, at the end there, by the way. Um, that's a 32-point drop in Doris McGee from the last election. If that's the case, there are tons of riding on, on the island of Montreal that just came into play for Quebec Solidaire and for the CAC. And this is going to be bad. This is jaw-dropping. I, I, I understand that there's a drop. It's uh, I agree with you that primarily it's due to the fact that they're predicting you know, uh, a very low turnout, especially with respect to the liberal, the traditional liberal vote. Um, I don't know if they're going to lose the writings, though. I think that they're going to they're going to win. Not like Darcy McGee. They're, they're, they won't they won't be losing. They're, the Jacques Cartier, Darcy McGee, yeah. um, you know, Notre Dame de Grasse, Nelligan, Robert Baldwin, like those strongholds, those ones that, that the, the Quebec Liberal Party, they can run a ham sandwich and will still yeah. win by North Korea. Uh, numbers. You're, you're like, referring to writings for well, obviously, uh, Mio. Um, oh, Fio, like, too, you think? Fio, oh, okay. um, Bourassa Sauvé. Mm. Um, I've been in communications with with the 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 campaigns for both of those ridings, and I for the, for the Liberal Party, um, because I, I was setting up some meetings with them, and I can tell you that uh, they are working on the ground tooth and nail to get every vote they can, wow. because they know how close it's going to be. So ridings like Bourassa Sauvé and Vio, which the Quebec Liberals have taken it's for granted for how win. long. Yeah. Um, yes, they may not be Darcy McGee level liberal uh, for stronghold fortress, but they're still pretty strong overall. Sure. And to see those going into danger, that's where things start to become problematic for the Interesting. Quebec Liberals. Interesting. I don't know if the, I mean, at this point, I mean, let's be honest, the Liberals are desperately trying to maintain at least the opposition, the official opposition. Um I don't know if Quebec Solidaire has enough to make it to official opposition. I am, con- and they may believe that, assuming that they can hold the ridings they have in the regions while making gains in Montreal. And we spoke about that in other episodes. I'm not convinced that they can hold Tachereau, Jean Lesage, 
Sherbrooke, and Rouyn-Noranda. So those four ridings that they picked up in the regions, I'm not super convinced that they'll be able to hold on to them. Uh, will they be able to make gains in Montreal? We've spoken about ridings like Dominique Anglade's own riding in Saint-Henri-Saint-Anne, Verdun, Maurice Richard. So those three, maybe. But assuming that they... And, do... and also, don't forget Dorval and Lachine, the, the riding of Marquette. Marquette I think that's very okay. much targeted as well. Um, riding's just offside the island of Montreal. So if they lose four in the regions and gain four in, in the island of Montreal, they haven't really moved much. Um, so, and, and the Liberals, I have... Oh, sorry, I was thinking, I was talking about the CAC in, in regards to those last ones that I mentioned there. Just oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Apologies. Okay. No, 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 but I, 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 this is where we have to disagree. I I, I do think that they're going to meet, like Quebec City has had a strong campaign. Their polling numbers are reflective of that. Um, you know, GND, uh, you know, one one of the, the, I think it was Leger that asked voters, who would you like to see as official opposition? Yeah. Quebec City came up way on top uh, yeah. and pouncing the other parties in terms of making official opposition. Again, right now, as QC125 projects, uh, 95 for the CAC, so a bit of a drop from, I think, their high of 100 a few days ago. 16 for the POQ, but I'll emphasize that that is with a minimum seat count of 12, a maximum seat count of 21. Quebec Solidaire coming in at 12, but again, with a minimum seat count of five, a maximum seat count of 16. Mm. So again, if the, if again, as uh, pollsters are saying that the, that, that allophone, anglophone base, that non-francophone base is not going to be performing and is not going to be efficient for the POQ. They're going to be coming in closer to that 12 seats, um, you know, threshold, that minimum there. Whereas Quebec City might be able to come into that, that high of 16, therefore giving them the upper edge mm-hmm. and uh, allowing them to form official opposition, perhaps. Yeah, I I. I, I personally don't see it i don't know i mean we'll have to wait i mean anything can change from now until the i end think we're gonna i think we're gonna have to bet some beer on this uh george yeah i mean look i don't <laughs> see the liberals i don't look personally i don't see the liberals getting anything over 15 I, that's where i have them and i've yeah. had them around 15 even before the election began i don't see how quebec solidaire uh they would have to really maintain those seats in the region yeah and make gains and in pick Montreal. up Montreal which I think the odds for that to happen are so difficult, especially when you have candidates like Caroline Saint-Hilaire in Sherbrooke, when you have rising popularity of the CAC in the region, so Rouen Norada mm-hmm. might go. Um, and then when you have the the, the conservatives, uh, the, you know, that conservative force in the region of Quebec that will definitely affect Jean Lesage and the vote in Tachereau, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. And maybe, maybe deep down, I don't want Quebec Solidaire to be the official opposition. Maybe there's a bias there, but um, I don't know. Again, anything could happen. Yeah, you're right that Quebec Solidaire is surfing on this, you know, good momentum, this, this nice wave. Uh, they're doing well in the polls. And, you know, we, we always say that we don't follow the polls, but at the end of the day, the elector does see the polls and they yeah. do follow the trend and the momentum. They're like, oh, Gabriel Dubois, he seems to be doing well. Look at the polls. Let me support him. There is a direct impact, I think, in voter intentions and the polls, I believe. Um, but we'll see how that happens. But to have a four-way race for second place, I mean, that's quite spectacular. I don't see the PCQ no, nope. that many seats. To they'll win. they'll, they'll so, be lucky if they get one seat. And I think that the real test for you still believe that they're only yeah. with one. Okay. Yeah, I do. I I think so. I think again, his voter base is so inefficient. It's so inefficient. I mean, yes, it looks really good when he's scoring like 16 17 percent in a poll across Quebec. 
for popular vote. But what does that translate into the actual breakdown of his supporters? Again, the concentration is in the Quebec City region. It is in the Beauce. And, and, and that is what is demonstrating such inefficiency. Um, the PQ is a lot more efficient than uh, the PCQ in this regard. They could they could score up to eight seats. Right now, Zuhaim is, is really struggling to maybe score two or three. He might get one. He might get one in the Beauce, in Beauce in particular. But at this point, it's still really far off from being able to make those massive gains that he was hoping for in Quebec City. What is the percentage of voters that are still undecided? Uh, you're, I think it's clocking in a right. Usually it's, you know, it, it obviously becomes less and less the more that you go towards advanced polls. The last time I and, checked, they were in the mid 30s, somewhere yeah, there. Which is I think it's really high. Yeah, I think I think it's it's probably now probably more towards like like high 20s to mid 20s. That's what I was going to say. And and that's what I've seen recently from from a lot of main streets polling from Leger, from Angus Reid. That's what they're. But, but I mean, that number is going to go significantly down uh, over the course of the next few days as advanced polling starts. And as we get closer to October 3rd, of course, that's going to so, be definitely something to monitor because we, we're yeah. looking at numbers now, but we're forgetting that there's a big pool over there of about 30 percent of the population and, that we don't know where they're going. And, and and they may and they may not just they may not even leave their house. Right. I mean, that we might see we I think uh, we, we We've said this at the beginning of the campaign that there was going to be a big chance that we're going to see a reflection of what happened in Ontario, where it was super low uh, voter turnout um, compared to historical trends. And uh, that obviously very much helped Doug Ford and the progressive conservatives getting back into power, yeah. getting a stronger majority. I think we could very well see the same thing for François Legault's CAC. Yeah, I think I think a low voter turnout benefits the CAC. Ultimately. Oh, big time. 100 yeah. percent. I mean, it always it always benefits the incumbent. And when again, when people see the writing on the wall of a government being reelected and then coasting to reelection and getting a stronger uh, majority, uh, people stay home. People stay home and they say, why bother? And and again, it's not just for one party in particular; it's for all parties that this affects. I want to talk to you about uh, uh, Dominic Anglad. Every yeah. every week, there seems to be a new message that they want to kind of push. Uh, last week it was watch me watch this take off just watch right well, we didn't see that happening and then this week we see a message from her team to the effect that it's just me it's just me it's Dominic this is who you need to 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 to, to watch for uh this is who I am and it seems as though they're pushing out a message that uh a more a more humane kind of thing right like it's just Dominic it's the girl that you know it's your neighbor it's your it's your it's your common citizen kind of thing right it's it just i i can sense the desperation in this campaign and uh I, i there's something inside me that just makes me feel very bad about dominic anglad because it just doesn't stick there was a video that, that went out yesterday right before the the, the 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 debate like literally minutes before the debate started and she's dancing Let, I'm, I'm not here to judge or to comment on the dancing part. <laughs> not, not everyone has the talent for it, but it just doesn't look real to me. It doesn't look um, like it's her, right? So I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you feel about this. I, I think that, well, first off, um, she needs to fire, and she should have done this a long time ago, her entire team. Um, it's perhaps the worst uh, political staffing, political advising that I've seen in quite some time, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's bad. It's really bad. And I get it. Like it's, it's a tough campaign. You know, you're going in there, maybe not as motivated. 
Um, but when you're posting, when you're, when you're advising your leader that, you know, we should be taking this video of you walk dancing around and acting like a buffoon. And we're, we're going to post this on social media right before your last debate. Um, you shouldn't, you don't deserve a job on, on a major political campaign. I think that Anglad is having, uh, and her team, um, but, but mostly her, she's having an identity crisis. She doesn't know who she is. She doesn't know how to sell herself. She doesn't know how to. to I think, I think she knows who she is. I think she knows who she is. She's very no. confident about who she is. No. She just has a I disagree with time. you. I think she has a hard time telling people who she is. Uh, I mean, I've met her. I, I, I think uh, I think that she's she's trying to be a, um, a chameleon in terms of um, you know make every try to be friends with everybody, try to try to impress upon all Quebecers, and and it comes off as the uh, the, the the worst exercise in, in attempting to be authentic. And, and I and I think that she's trying to appeal to everybody, but really is is hitting the note with no one. And and that's really what is going to to do her in. Um, I, I really it's it's sad to see this, but it's some of the worst political advising that I have seen in recent history. Um, I, I I think that she, there. I mean, of course, people, all these people are going to be out of a job come October uh, October fourth. Oh, day heads after. are heads are definitely going to roll. And the other the other challenging aspect in this, we've spoken about this because the parties are not funded publicly. Given the number that we're projecting for the Liberal Party, which is going to be obviously less than what they have now, um, they're going to be broke. What are they going to be do? broke? They're going to be more broke than they were before, which is how, really how, saying something. How is this party going to get their act together with limited resources? They already had limited resources because the 26 seats that they got four years ago was a historic low, and now they're going to yeah. drop even lower than that. I, I don't understand how the party is going to pick itself up. And, and we could very well be seeing the end of the Quebec Liberal Party, a party that's been around for 150 years plus. It this depends. It, yeah, it depends on the leadership. It depends on the person that is going to come up next, because definitely people are uh, some a uh, new leaders has to come yes. up. Next. Despite the fact that Dominique Anglade has been quoted as saying that she's there to stay. I think it's delusional. Uh, you're, you're not staying. I'm sorry. I love you. You're a good lady. We know each other. Uh, but there's no way in hell that after the results that are being projected that you have any chance of staying on board as a leader and and membership with the potential of losing your own seat, the members are going to lose their shit. There's no way, there's no way, there's no way. And onto that, um, we have to focus on who's next. Like who's going to be next? Yeah. And we've already spoken about this. We're not going to go through the list again, but it all depends on the leadership. And you might find some person that has that charisma that can rally the people that can get them excited. Who knows? Uh, I don't think anyone right now in the caucus necessarily has that ability. We spoke about people coming in from the outside and you have something to, to share. Uh, about yeah. our old friend Norm McMillan, who used yeah. to be uh, a, a longtime MA, uh, and for the longest time he was stuck on the whip position because he was good at it. Um, and he came out publicly uh, two weeks ago, and then he came out. You saying it uh, this week as well? Yeah. So, so Norm McMillan, for those that don't know, he was the he's the former MA for Papino over in the Utaway region. Um, I think he was there from like the late 80s until the the end of the Shrera, so like about 2012, give or take. Um, so, I mean, very well respected. Norm is extremely well respected by by liberals, young and old, and everybody in between. Um, you know, this is somebody who, uh, you know, at one point was in cabinet. Um, he was he was a, a party whip. Um, and again, just people love Norm. He he's a big teddy bear. 
And so it was interesting to see that he came out um, recently on, on a few occasions, both in radio and in the news, uh, saying that he ble- believed that Mario Dumont, uh, the former uh, leader, founder of, of, uh, the, of the of ADQ. But, um, also, and- but also the former president of the liberal youth wing. Let's exactly. Not and of course, you probably know him <laughs> as, as the star host of, of Tivia and LCN, that he would be, according to Norm Macmillan, the perfect person to, to take over the reins of the party. Um, and I agree. I agree yeah. 100%. And he, he, know what, Norm, I'll give him credit for this. He said, I, I don't want to replace, he was being nice. I, he's like, I don't want to replace Dominique Anglad. I, I don't want to take anything away. He knows him. exactly what's coming, man. He, he, Norm, Norm's been through a few election campaigns. Believe you and me, he can see the writing on the wall from a mile away. And, you know, he said, I, I don't want to take anything away from her, but I, I, I have the solution if that doesn't, if she, if that, if she doesn't work out for the party. And if Anglad's no longer there, Matthew Zumal uh, should return to the Liberal Party. Um, he should become the future leader. And uh, I, I think it's it would be really interesting to see that. I I don't know if, if Zuma would want that. Oh, if I were him, I wouldn't. I mean, the money that he's making now, the visibility he's getting, the likability, uh, him going back into politics and getting people to hate him after they love him so much on TV. But then again, it's the political bug, man. You know how it is. Uh, yeah. And I'll tell you, and I don't know if we've spoken about this. In 2019, 2020, when the, 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 the previous leadership uh, campaign of the liberals uh, was uh, was happening or about to happen. There were some high-ranking people at the party and very influential members of the party that I heard had approached Mario Dumont to get him to come back. It didn't work. I don't no. think anyone would have wanted to come back. I mean, they saw the trend. I mean, they saw where the liberal party was headed. Maybe this time around is going to be different. I don't know. Uh, the party is going to be left with nothing. Um, but a guy definitely like Mario Dumont Oh, that would, that would completely reinvigorate the party, and it, and it would bring it back onto onto the radar of most. He would he would have to obviously address certain things that happened in the past. The fact that he supported the yes the yes camp in the ninety five referendum is definitely one that he's going to have to address. Well, just, uh, but just like with George, just in the same way that Dominique Anglades had to address the fact that she's the former president of CAC, right? I mean, like it's not it, this is not. I, I get it. A referendum vote is different to a certain degree, but. Um, we've had other members of the POQ caucus that have also voted uh, yes in the referendum, and and you know they they've changed their mind yeah, and they've yeah. changed their way, their mindset, and I, and I can respect that. It'll be interesting to see. I don't know, and the, and if Norm is coming out already publicly now, there's definitely something happening behind the scenes. Oh yeah, there's something there's in the water. Something behind the scenes. He's I, this is this is interesting to me because I don't see how Norm would come out publicly without having some information or without having some action already prepared is it going to happen i don't know if is he doing it without having consulted mario dumont so that he could kind of test the ground like a uh like a test balloon or whatever you want to call yeah. it um maybe maybe i i don't know but i find it very interesting and it would be fantastic um for mario dumont to come back into politics it would be freaking amazing uh let's finish up on that um the the, the vox pop that happened with guinantel which had me laughing so much hey grosse campagne électorale cette année parce qu'il y a des enjeux majeurs sur la langue et la culture et on est à westmount devant le dawson college pour voir si ça vaut la peine de rentrer la loi 96 et de forcer les pauvres anglophones à apprendre un peu plus sur la langue et la culture du québec on regarde ça let's go you see, let's go. I'm English too. Yeah. Combien y a de langues officielles au Québec? Deux. Ah ouais, c'est? Euh, anglais et français. Deux. Qui sont? Anglais et français. Okay. 
Au Québec, il y a deux, je pense, que anglais et français, oui. OK. Deux. Je crois qu'il y a anglais et français. OK. Anglais, c'est une langue officielle aussi. Oui, exactement. Okay. Épeler le mot Québec en français. Q, Q, E, U, B, E, C, accent. C? Non, K, K, U, R, accent de grec, comme ça. B, E, K. Comme bec, comme un, 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 un dove. Je suis pas correct. Euh, c'est vague un peu, faudrait que tu recommences. C'est complexe, grave. C'est complexe. Non, grave, accent grave. B, comme oui, le deuxième lettre alphabète, R, R, C à la fin. Oui! Oh, c'est bon ça. <rire> ça a été laborieux, mais on l'a eu. <rire> Comment on appelle ce que je porte autour du poignet? Un cloche. Pour voir l'heure? Oui, pour voir l'heure. Bon, Qu'est-ce que c'est ça en français? Um, un... Je sais pas. Je sais pas c'est quoi en français. Tron... Trompette? It's a paperclip. Paperclip? A paperclip, yeah. I don't know what it is in French. En français, non? Non, je sais pas. Mais toi, ta langue maternelle, c'est? Le français. Le français. Puis, t'appelles ça un paperclip? Un paperclip, ouais. Okay. Marie? Je sais pas, je m'excuse, j'ai... Euh... Ben, il y a un mois après. Un mois, oui, ouais. un mois... Euh... Mars, je sais pas. Marie-Mars? Oui, <rire> je sais, c'est bon. <rire> Deux mois plus tard. <rire> oh, je sais pas. Euh... Après Mars, c'est... Mars, c'est avril. Et après... Dimanche? Non, pas dimanche. Marie-Dimanche. <rire> Ça, c'est la plus grande chanteuse qu'on a au Québec présentement, c'est... Céline Dion. Qui est cet homme-là? C'est le premier chef du Parti québécois. René Lesage. René Lesage? Oui. Je suis vrai, c'est, c'est M. Trudeau. Prénom? C'est Pierre Trudeau qui a fondé le Parti québécois. Oui, oui c'est ça. Je sais pas. Je sais pas, non. Je ne sais pas. Aucune idée. Aucune idée. I have no idea. Je sais pas. Je sais pas. Je connais pas. Je sais pas. Non. Je sais pas c'est qui. Je sais pas. Je connais pas. I have no idea. Oh non. Je ne sais pas, un nom plus beau de moi, là. Qui um... a écrit des belles sœurs de Michel Tremblay? Donne un indice. De Michel Tremblay. Oui, je... Je connais le nom, mais je... je euh... Comme Michel Tremblay. C'est vraiment Michel Tremblay. Je sais pas. Euh... Dans quelle ville se trouve le Parlement de Québec? Euh, ici à Montréal. Euh, Ottawa. Contre quel peuple se sont battus les Anglais pendant la bataille des Plaines d'Abraham? C'était les Américains. Euh, le Mondial Garde. Mars, euh, avril, avril, dimanche et après. <rire> <rire> euh, mais? Oui. oui. Alors son nom c'est? Marie-Mé. Euh, yep. Marie-Mé. Oui, 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 oui. Touche pas rien, tu l'as. <rire> Now that was painful to watch and, and it was painful, especially as somebody who went to Dawson College and who knows perhaps one of those individuals who is in the video in particular, <laughs> one of the staff members that works at the library uh, that was mentioned there. Pretty painful and pretty embarrassing overall. Um, in any case, uh, listen, I think by and large, uh, you know, we like to present ourselves as bilingual Anglophones and that we like to also say that what 85, 90% of the English speaking population in Quebec uh, is, is bilingual in that sense there. This is obviously discrediting that to a certain degree and is definitely giving some credence over to people that are wanting to reinforce a certain he, he language in yeah. Quebec French, but boy, that was, that, that was bad. I mean, that's, that's pretty detrimental. But, but here's um, what and, I, I, and I get it. Like the way that Nantel frames this, of course, is all about 
um, you know, he's going to pick the worst bits possible of whatever he recorded and use it to his advantage. And I will give also some, he actually, you know what? Yeah. He actually came out on Twitter because obviously this probably came into question, but he said that every, they, they, they went, I think 11 or 12 people that they interviewed and he put everything. So it's not like they selected the worst parts. Here's what I tweeted about. It's worse than I thought. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a hundred percent. It's like, it's, we put a hundred percent of what we film kind of thing. So, it, I mean, it, it's horrible, obviously, yeah. but here's the thing. And here's what I tweeted about uh, when, when that video came out, I can bet money that had he asked these questions to French speaking Quebecers, they, he probably would have gotten uh, a similar result. Similar We've seen other Vox pops that he's done with French people. And it's like cringeworthy. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? So, you know, I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, they were tough questions. And for people that aren't aware or don't follow politics, uh, it would have been the same result for French speaking Quebecers. Um, so I'm not so sure it's because his point was it's a language thing, right? 90, Bill 96 needs to happen. And I'm not so convinced that it's a language thing. I think it's more of an education thing, uh, assuming that the French speaking Quebecers would have probably gotten those questions wrong as well. Yeah. No, I think you're right, um, but still pretty painful to watch. And in any case, um, perhaps as a media advisor from Dawson College should like be stationed out there 24-7 to ensure nobody speaks to any media <laughs> yeah. like that again. Jeez. Let's wrap bad. it up. I know you got to go. The wag of the finger, tip of the hat moment. Um, tip of the hat. Uh, well, actually, um, tip of the hat to um, Dominique Anglade, for being able to get that full slate of 125. Remember, we were speaking about that a few yeah, days ago, yeah, how she, she was down two candidates. She was able to work it out with the DGQ, um, particularly in Matin Metepizia, where there was a legal challenge in terms of the initializing of one of the documents. They had their full signatures. They had everything they needed, except the DGQ said, you forgot to initialize properly a portion of the documentation. The PLQ challenged it in court. They got an, uh, an expedited ruling and they won. So they will have their full slate, albeit a little bit late. But boy, of course, it's not going to make a difference in a writing like Meta, Meta, Meta Pizia, oh. which is either going to go, you know, probably going to maintain, um, it could be the only PQ seat. Um, if, uh, Pascal Berube is, is the current MA there. Um, or it could maybe, big maybe, switch to uh, the CAQ. Um, wag of the finger to vandalists, again, targeting uh, André Fortin, the MA for Pontiac and former Minister of Transport under Philippe Puyald. Uh, his offices were vandalized, uh, his campaign offices were vandalized uh, earlier this week. So again, um, kind of sad to see this kind of stuff happening um, in the campaign and any campaign towards any campaign. Um, so in any case, um, screw those people. All right, Michael, thank you again so much. And thank you to everyone following. We're going to keep doing this twice a week. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to end it on. Uh, we're, we're discussing now if we're going to have our last episode <laughs> on Election Day or if we're going to have one again following that just to comment on the results. That would be interesting as well. But in any case, we're here. There's still uh, about what, two weeks left uh, into the campaign. Uh, uh, so um, stay tuned for further episodes. Follow us, like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff that you do on social media. Michael, thank you so much, buddy. We'll talk soon. The determining factor, of course, is going to be how hungover I am on October 4th. Anyway. So we'll, we'll take it from there. Yeah, yeah. We'll take it one day at a time. Take it easy, George. Take care. Bye-bye. Ciao.